Hi, this is Bron Burton, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Radio Marinara, a weekly radio show exploring all things wet and salty, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via Radio Marinara's Facebook page. There we go. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> so am I. Good morning. It's two minutes past nine. You're tuned to 102.73 Triple R. This is Radio Marinara. We are the program about all things wet and salty. My name's Bron Burton. And my name's Dr Beach. Hi, Dr Beach. I'm very well on this fair sunny morning, moving into autumn. Yeah, well Filled and truly. Yeah, yeah, and nice and crisp. I know. It was very lovely. I thought we were going to get another big... Well, it was um, lovely. I thought we were going to get another kind of run of humid weather, but it hasn't happened and a bit grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, thank you very much, Tim Thorpe, for three hours of Vital Bits Power following another three hours. Yesterday, you, of course, can catch Tim next weekend for uh, for Vital Bits through the weekend, your your breakfast Your breakfast spread essentials. from, from Tim. Well, we shouldn't say breakfast spread. but And, and Andrew for Soulful Bits, yeah. Brothers Comatose. I don't know if anyone was, that was listening great. at 8 o'clock. I had not heard of the Brothers Comatose. I am going to spend more time with the Brothers Comatose yeah, after that. me too. I loved it. And Steph, for things to do today, so brilliant. Kicking off your Sunday morning. We've got a big show. (laughs) We're going to very quickly go through what's coming up. Um, We'll shortly be speaking with Jemima Robinson, who is the director of the Ocean Film Festival. We've had Jemima on the program before talking about the Ocean Film Festival which has really grown from strength to strength and now is actually a world tour. I'm going to have a chat to her about the program lineup for this year. Uh, it's actually already kicked off. It started um, uh, at the beginning of the week, I think. Anyway, we can clarify that with her. But the Victorian sessions are coming up in the next week or so. So we'll talk to Jemima about the, the lineup and, yeah, some amazing contributions this year. That's right, Bron. It's, as always, a, a much look forward to event. Yeah. In the calendar of the Ocean Film Festival. So, be, yeah, great to hear from Jemima about that. Uh, we are then going to speak with the subject of one of the featured short films. It's called I Am Ocean and it's a beautiful offering by filmmaker Sam Riley about uh, our very own, she's ours, our Melbourne mermaid, P.T. Hirschfield. P.T. has been on the program several times over the last few years. Yeah. Um, speaking to various campaigns that she's been part of, um, Project Banjo, you'll probably remember... Um, but this, this film is really all about her and how the ocean became a literal life-saving game-changer for her. So we're going to be speaking with PT, who is currently diving on the mid-New South Wales coast. Of course she is. Coast. She's never out of the water. <laughs> hopefully, pink, pink tank hopefully scuba. She, hopefully she's not under the water right now. Um, and Sam, who is in the US. So we'll attempt a Skype call um, crossing to both the New South Wales mid-coast and also to the US, I think, west coast, yeah. judging by the time difference there. Um, we are also going to be speaking with Ben Cleveland. Thanks to Cade for pointing Ben in our direction about a great initiative happening next Saturday by Ozfish and VNPA bringing together snorkelers and anglers. Will to- be very, very well, wonderful thing. Yeah. So they can, you know, share stories and yep. talk about what they love about the scene. Go for a snorkel together. 
<laughs> Isn't that cute? Check it out. Yeah, I think it's oh, look cute is the wrong word. I think it's fantastic, and it's a great, great initiative and a great partnership. And then to cap it all off, um, the Lawn Biennale Spirit of Place is underway. You might have heard some uh, station announcements about the Lawn Biennale. So it runs for three. It runs for three weeks, but crosses four weekends, and it's this massive festival happening in Lawn, focused around sculpture, but all sorts of other artistic contributions, performances, music, circus acts, workshops spoken word presentations and art projections, um, pretty much all of them drawing inspiration from the sea. If Venice can have one, Lawn can have have one. (laughs) indeed. So we'll be speaking with artist uh, Simon Buttonshaw, who has been on the program before. Yeah. Not for a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, We spoke with him at Torquay at the Bowls Club there, I reckon at least 15 years ago. It was a long time. But he's one of the contributing artists and knows everything there is to know about the Biennale. So we'll be speaking with Simon uh, about what's going on down in Lawn. Nice one. Big show. It is a big show. Uh, A little bit of news in the science world. There's um, a cover of... One of, the, you know, one of the big journals, Science, which comes out every week. It's always lovely to see a marine-themed cover. And this time it was, um, well, it was a couple of weeks ago. It's rejoicing in a lattice structure of a starfish, oh. a particular starfish. Um, and this is uh, a starfish which is called a Sidaris. Um No, 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 no. It's Proto-Riaster. But anyway, fantastic I'm glad you clarified structure. that, Dr. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that yeah, everyone would be worried about that. <laughs> Sponges, honeycombs can sometimes give us very wonderfully strong engineered structures or natural structures. Um, We're finding this now in the starfish ossicles on the outside of the starfish where it feels kind of like brittly and you don't think it's really strong, but it's actually really massively strong when you look at it at several different scales or at two different scales. uh, There's this honeycomb spongy-like structure and then below that there's this new type of sort of arrangement of calcite crystals, somewhat not unlike... A diamond is arranged, and it's at almost at that hardness. So for those of you who want to see that, this was um, on the front cover of Science a couple of weeks ago. Um, in fact, that was the 10th of February issue, and there's an article there you can read about that. Uh, something else, um, fluorescent fish escaping in the Amazon uh, for about 15 mm. or 20 years. Danio, uh, zebrafish, people have been able to keep, you know, have in their tanks for ages. We now genetically engineer those. And I say we, um, medical biologists, use fish as examples of what the ways to look for all different sorts of things. We can put different fluorescent colours into them to tag things. People saw potential for this um, about 10 or 15 years ago for the um, you know, for people in tanks. You can get a red fish, you can get a blue fish, you can get a yellow fish, you can get an orange fish. It's all very fun, and except when they escape into mm. the wild. Um were indications this was happening in Florida, but now we know that it is for sure happening in the Amazon, which is a little bit of a worry. It is, really. And when we say escape, people are putting them there. They're not jumping out of the tanks all by themselves. Well, they could be, yeah, it could be flushed down inadvertently. Who knows? But yeah, yeah, they are there. So who knows how that's going to affect the, um, the behavioural biology, at least, of these organisms and others. One quick news item I wanted to mention in passing, um, the big news of the week, uh, which you may have seen, is the discovery of Ernest Shackleton's ship, the Endurance, which was found beneath the Antarctic ice after more than a century. In an amazing state of preservation, I understand. Hey, Narita. Can I ask a quick question about that? Sure. Is it slightly, I mean, is it disturbing that it was found under the ice? Like, is it the thickness of the ice that enabled them to find it? They've been looking for it for a really, really long time. What you think of it, the ice is thinning, so now they can see it. So, so now they can find it. 
don't yeah. know about that. We can um, ask because it was only six k's, wasn't it? From his from yeah. from his sextant approximations of where it went down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could mm. be a thing. You're onto it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard that and just went. I'm not sure that's a good thing. <laughs> we'll, anyway, um, we can uh, ask Rex about this one because I reckon Rex will be all over it. Um, yeah, yeah Rex, uh, yeah, on board, in board. Yeah. Marine archaeologist. Maritime archaeologists frothing over this one and particularly with the state that it's in, it's very, very unusual to find a shipwreck, particularly of that age, to be in this kind of pristine condition. Well, and also has just been texted to me by a listener, Wes, um, there are no wood-eating worms in Antarctica mm. because there ain't no wood. Yeah, it's interesting when you when you have a look at it. Every now and then there's a little tiny... Um, growth of something that's popped on there, but but almost nothing. So yeah, good yep. point. Good point, Wes. Hey, uh, last one. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to do a bit of weather. But. Oh, super quickly. Just thanks to Brett. Also, everyone's reaching out to us today, which is fantastic. Um, wooden boat. It's festival season. There's festivals happening everywhere. I think we've kind of moved into festival explosion mode coming out of the last couple of years. But the wooden boat festival is on as well. Um, Brett says he popped in yesterday to see the tall ships. This is at Phillip Island, and it's a good family day out. Oh, he's listening from Phillip Island. It might not be at Phillip Island. <laughs> I'll get the details while we've got a track on. Um, so, yes. Uh, thanks, Brett. Uh, just back to the, the wreck. Yeah. Not only wood-eating worms, but wood-eating microbes. Yeah, wood-eating anything. Yeah. Bit of weather. Um, it's going to be a lovely day today. It's going to be 29 degrees. Tomorrow's looking like 26. It's kind of the story for the rest of the week. 25, 26, 27 not much rain. Well, perhaps you know, towards the middle of the week, actually, might be between one and five millimetres. And on Thursday, we have um, up to 10 millimetres. So looking, yeah, still a little bit warm, a little bit humid before we get off into autumn. If you're heading out on the water today, you'll be wanting to know what's happening with the tides. And at Point Lonsdale, at around 1.30, it's going to be low tide of 0.4 metres. Excellent. Thanks, Dr. Beach. And point of clarification, the Wooden Boat Festival is on in Geelong, not Phillip Island. Quite a significant <laughs> difference there. I'm assuming I'm assuming in the last 35 seconds you haven't hopped in your car and started heading to the island. But, um, yeah, it's in Geelong and it runs until tomorrow. So um, now uh, earlier this month, the 2022 Ocean Film Festival made its entry splash in Perth, launching a national program of screening over the next couple of months. And with Victorian screenings all set to commence this Wednesday, the 16th of March. From humble beginnings and now a world tour growing from strength to strength each year, this year's festival lineup offers two consecutive hours of brand new, never seen before short films and documentaries. Each film is inspirational, educational and entertaining, made by independent Australian and international filmmakers and most importantly, related to the sea. It's with great pleasure we now welcome back to Radio Marinara Festival Director Jemima Robinson to tell us all about the 2022 Ocean Film Festival and where it's going to screen near you. Good morning, Jemima. Oh, good morning. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, great to talk to you too. Welcome back to uh, to Triple R and to Radio Marinara. Um, congratulations on what looks like an amazing lineup. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's always so exciting to get to this point, you know, because so much goes into the preparation and, you know, until you see it in front of an audience, you don't really know how it's going to work. So it is super, super exciting to be here, definitely. Um, how has it been putting together this year? Because last year, I'm guessing there probably wasn't that much opportunity to have cinema screenings for uh, for audiences. You know what? We kind of managed to get our way through. The thing is, every state is different, so we just kind of waited it out, really, until we could. And last year, was, we were quite fortunate with the timing because March was actually not such a bad time. So we managed to get last year done. 
fishy with riding floods, you know, it kind of, kind of almost, there's something every year, but um, we get there in the end. And I think the lucky thing is that there's so many people who are so keen to see this kind of film that we just wait until the time's right and here we are. You've just you've just worked your way through it. What was it like? Yeah. In, um, what have you looked for this year in setting your film list? Did you have some criteria that you were working towards? Yeah, look, it's, I guess it's the same as every year. It's like a big jigsaw puzzle. So we want to take the audience on a journey. We want to show them different parts of the ocean, different way you can interact. But the overall theme is like that feeling that you get and how the ocean makes you feel. So that's kind of number one. We want to you know have a lot of diversity. But the good thing about a festival is. We don't control it. So it's all controlled by the filmmakers and the ocean lovers out there. And so I'm surprised, as the audience is every year, it's all really driven about what entries we get into the competition, which keeps it fresh, which keeps it new, and that's what I really like about it as well. Um, Jemima, it's Dr Beach here. It's, it's really fascinating you say that. I was wondering, just as you were mentioning it, what the process is of selecting uh-huh. films. So it's people submit films, um, yep. you then select, or there's a, a whole panel of people? Yeah, you know what? It's definitely the worst part of the job. It's the part that I find, like, it never gets easier. No matter how many years you do it, it's always the most agonising process. So the entry mechanism's easy. There's kind of like Tinder for film festivals and filmmakers. We put out what we want. Um, Filmmakers submit their films. And then we've got a panel of people who watch the films, and we get about 250 entries a year. And then we distill it down to probably our favourite 30 and then, yeah, it's just kind of working out what works from there. And then if it's, some films are very easy. Like there's a film in this year's program. Like as soon as I watched it, I'm like, well, it's in regardless. Like we think it was a very, very easy decision. And then others, it's kind of like, oh, well, what have we shown before? So it is a process. Lots of people are involved and it never gets easier, unfortunately. I'm sure it <laughs> We're, um, we're shortly going to be catching up with um, both P.T. Hirschfield and Sam oh, Riley. Amazing. Yes. Um, and uh, P.T. has been on the program many times before, but we'll be speaking with them about about uh, I Am Ocean. And so that's that's obviously one of the featured films. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's just so, and especially because a lot of it is shot in Victorian waters. It's just amazing. Like, it really is, I know it's a corny word, but it is breathtaking. You're just down there and it's, it's almost, it's so beautiful. It's got a bit of everything. PT is so inspiring. And she's like such an incredible person. And then just her journey and what she's gone through. But visually, it is just so, so stunning as well. It just really just, that's one of the films you're like, okay, how soon can I get in the water? When you walk out, it's just it really, it's like, okay, I don't want to wait till tomorrow. I'm like ready, ready to go. You start booking trips and. That's um, planning stuff. It's beautiful. There's a great um, little promotional piece which I've put a link to on our Facebook page, which is really just a summary. It's a YouTube summary of, of a lot of the films that have that you've featured. We might just go through yeah. a couple of them. But, um, yeah, yeah, I'd really encourage anyone listening to, to go to our Facebook page, click on the link for the Ocean Film Festival, and you'll see there's a, a little YouTube link to follow, and it really gives you an idea of what's happening this year, this sort of amazing diversity and breadth of offering. Um, just wanted a couple that I wanted to mention, Jemima, if you, if you, uh-huh. we've mentioned I Am Ocean. There's one called yep. um, Air and Sea. Can you tell us about that one? Yeah, yeah, that is, uh, yeah, it is stunning. It is stunning. That one I was saying, that, you know, the film that we got and just knew straight away that was going to be in. That's that film, Air and Sea. I Am Ocean was very much the same as well, but Air and Sea um, is set on the Air Peninsula in South Australia and it's in Baird Bay and there's a population of three people in Baird Bay. And we meet one of them, his name is Alan, 
and he takes us out on the waters there and, and we spend time in the water with the Australian sea lions and film, like the sea lions are amazing and they're beautiful and they really connect with the camera and you just, yeah, they're real, it's a beautiful film but it's really well told story as well. It's a beautifully made film, the score, the music was written specifically for the film and it just all works so, so well. So yeah, you come out of that one like, Googling where is Bed Bay and then how to get there. Because so, um, you can go and you can go and see Alan and go out with him and go on these tours. And we're encouraging everyone to actually go and do that because the Australian sea lion population is declining. And the filmmaker from this film, he just really, he's so in love with these sea lions. And after this, you see the film, you understand why. And he just really wants people to be invested in caring for them. Um, so, yeah, I encourage you to watch that film and then also google how you can protect the australian sea lions as well yeah that's right a lot of the uh, a lot of the films that you show have got uh, attachments to particular groups and there's there's often yeah. there's links provided at the end or, or um yep. yeah Dr. Beach? And Jemima, as you say, like for many of these, I'd imagine it just makes you want to get out there in the water, go to this place, go to the Air Peninsula, go to Bear Bay. Um, yeah, a, a wonderful process and a wonderful result of this film festival. Look, having said that also, there are some films in there that you watch and you're like, yeah, that looks amazing, and I never want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they've got these guys who built a five-metre boat and crossed the Atlantic and you know, looks great, but <laughs> months in a five-meter boat that I built myself. I'm yeah. not signing up for that one just yet. I gotta say, is that um, is that normal, guys? That is normal, guys. Yeah. yeah. So that one, it's interesting having a look through um, what the lineup. They they vary in minutes from. Uh, sort of, you know, eight or nine minutes, seven minutes um, in the case of Tiger Shark King to Normal Guys, mm -hmm. which goes for 40 minutes. So, you know, yeah. it's quite, it's it's interesting. And um, the festivals I've been to in the past, it, it's really quite, it's good to sit there and, you know, you'll get a little one, which will be really kind of quite short and punchy. And then you'll, you'll be able to sit back and enjoy something that's a bit longer and then, you know, get back to a shorter one again. So it's that variety that I find really um, fantastic when you go to this festival. Um, that is great to hear. <laughs> one other one I wanted to mention, just because Dr. Beach is sitting here, it's called If You Give a Beach a Bottle, which probably means something different to you, Dr. Beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, who knows what happens then. <laughs> yeah. but, you know. but can, can, you, can you talk us through that one? Because I watched the trailer for it and it, it looks amazing. Yeah, it's a really stunning film. And you, you meet Matt Romy in the film and he's Alaskan. Uh, and he's an incredible artist. He's, really, he's a great artist. He's kind of on the spectrum as well. So he has a very different way of looking things and a really different way of communicating things. And it's, just, it's a short film. It's, I think it's only nine minutes or seven minutes long. And a, it's inspired by a picture book that he read when he was a kid. And it's all about um, understanding that all the impacts that we do, like everything that we use ends up like in the ocean and about protecting our ocean and protecting the wildlife. But it's brought in a way that brings a lot of hope and it's, it's really beautiful because it has a lot of his art incorporated in it as well so I think you know a lot with ocean films there are a lot of big concerning issues and what we want the audience to walk away with is that feeling of okay I can make a difference you know and this film definitely gives you that feeling it's like okay yeah there's these issues but like who's the person to make that change well I'm the person to make the change and I can actually make the change and that this film really follows that ethic.
If you've just tuned in, we're speaking with Jemima Robinson, who is the director of the Ocean Film Festival, uh, which kicked off in Sydney and has, has already started doing the rounds around the country. Thought we might yeah. go through the uh, Victorian screenings coming up. Um, there's uh, Geelong yeah. this coming Wednesday, the 16th of March at Village Cinemas, Melbourne Crown, Tuesday, 22nd of March, uh, then at the Asta, which is where I usually see it, um, both mm-hmm. Wednesday, the 22nd of, uh, 23rd sorry, of March and Thursday, the 24th. Um, then down to Rosebud, um, oh, which is a couple of days earlier. <laughs> this is yep. slightly out of order. Yep. On the on the 19th of March and Warrnambool on the 30th of March. So lots of opportunities if you live in Victoria to go and see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just keeps growing. We keep getting emails from people. I've got someone from sales like, can we have it here? So, yeah, we're trying to get as many places as possible, and especially with such a beautiful film like I Am Ocean in there. It just relates to a lot of that, that's a probably a great note to end on, Jemima, because we've got PT and uh, Sam to speak with in just a few moments. So, um, uh, and we have to catch up with somebody before them. So, look, thanks Amazing. so thanks so much for joining us. The um, the links to the Ocean Film Festival are uh, oceanfilmfestivalaustralia.com.au, So pretty easy to find. But we have put a link to that on our Facebook page already. And uh, good luck, Jemima, with uh, with the tour. And you're going internationally, I believe, after the Australian yep. run. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to New Zealand whenever they open and then we head to Europe in their spring. So. Oh, wow. We'll be there. But we'll see you at the Asta. Yeah, awesome. I look forward to it. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thanks, Good luck with it all. We'll catch you soon. Thanks, Thank Jemima. Jemima Robinson there, the uh, Ocean Film Festival, and uh, it, it is a great evening. It certainly is. For those of you who have not been to it before, we encourage you very much to head along and, um, yeah, maybe you'll see Bron down at the Asta, maybe me as well. Excellent. You are listening to Radio Marinara and uh, next Saturday, the 19th of March, there's a great initiative that's taking place by Ozfish and the Victorian National Parks Association's Reef Watch program where uh, anglers are going to meet with snorkelers at St Leonard's Pier to, uh, look, let's ask Ben Cleveland, who is the key organiser from Ozfish, what it's all about. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Brian. How are you going? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, really good. Sitting in the sunshine this morning. So, um, yeah, lovely little Sunday. Excellent. Very nice. What's happening next weekend? This sounds like such a great initiative. Yeah, it really is. Um, I can't take the credit for, for organising a lot of this. This is actually a baby from myself and Cade Mills, who's normally on the program. We, um, know, we know Cade very well. <laughs> it's a Dr. Yeah. Beach here, Ben. Hi. It's actually, Lovely to meet you, Rich. It's uh, Cade who put us on to you, so um, we can thank him for that. We're pretty sure he's listening from, from Phillip Island somewhere Um this morning. So, yeah, what's happening? What's it all about? Fantastic. Yeah, so um, Kate and I have worked on a number of projects in the past, and we've spoken a lot about how, whilst there can sometimes be some differences between wreck fishers and divers, they actually have a lot in common. Um, and some fishers don't get the opportunity to see what's underneath the brine line, I like to say. Um, so an idea was born um, to bring together those who might not get the opportunity to see what's down below. We some of our diving community to snorkel for a couple of a couple of our local peers in a really relaxed way um, with the support of professionals that keep, can keep everyone safe and um, have a great little day out and start that and have that discussion together and just um, really focus on the positives in what's a crazy world at the moment. It's such a wonderful initiative and you're coming at it from the Ozfish side of things. Can you tell us sort of briefly what Ozfish is all about? Yeah, so Ozfish, um, we're a non-for-profit organisation, nation, uh, national non-for-profit. Um, we work with recreational fishers to restore fish habitat across Australia, both in marine and freshwater. So whether it be seagrass restoration, shellfish reefs, mangroves, 
um, river reef snagging and riparian or riverbank tree plantings. Um, we've got volunteers that work across the country um, that set up local chapters and they're doing their bit for their local waterways. Um, so amazing, amazing organisation. We've got over 2,000 volunteers around the country um, that actually get stuck in and get their hands dirty in the local waterways to make the, the, the habitat better for those local fish. What I really love about this is that, you know, we've been doing this program for 25 plus years and we've seen so many campaigns come and go where you have recreational fishers and sort of the conservation side of things really arguing and at loggerheads with each other. And I love the fact that this is this is a true sort of engagement exercise that brings these two groups together um, in the absence of any kind of campaign and, and really kind of fosters that relationship. Absolutely, and it's really something to, um, we, we just really want everybody to have a super relaxed day, focus on the positives, come together in a really relaxed environment, have a fun snorkel, have some snacks and a bit of a chat afterwards. Um, we're partnering, so there's ourselves and, and Reefwatch and then Fish Care is also involved and the St Leonard's um, event that's going to be happening next weekend, we're working with the Australian Diving Instruction in North Geelong as well. Oh, great. So there's a whole lot of players in there as well. Good to see Fish Care's in there too. So, um, yeah, let's get to the details. So St Leonard's Pier next Saturday. Yep, St Leonard's Pier next Saturday, um, meet in the car park near the pier. Um, we've got two sessions going, so from 9 till 12 in the morning and then a 1 till 4 as well. Um, if, you, for the, if you're not going to get in the water, just bring some sun protection. But if you do want to get in the water, towel and bathers, um, we can actually provide the rest. So all you really need is to bring your towel and bathers and, and come on down. Uh, and do people need to pre-register for that, Ben, or can they just rock up? Yeah, uh, yeah, Dr. Beach. Um, so check out uh, Reefwatch or Ozfish Facebook for some event details. It's the uh, Eventbrite uh, registration page if you want to get in the water. If you're just going to come down and check it out, you're more than welcome to just to roll on down. But if you do want to get in the water, yeah, we would ask you to, that you can uh, register for that one. Brilliant. Um, we've already put a link to that on our Facebook page. I've been a bit more organised this week than I usually am. So if you um, if you go to Radio Marinara and have a look at the entry for today's program, click on the link of a couple of people snorkelling and that'll take you straight through where you need to go. So um, good on you, Ben. Thank you so much. Uh, really great speaking with you and would love to get you back on another time to uh, maybe when Cade's in to talk more broadly about Ozfish and some of the great stuff that you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. Not a problem, Bron. Sounds great. Awesome. Thanks. Catch you soon. No worries, guys. Speak to you soon. See, See ya. Bye. Bye. Ben Cleveland there from Ozfish. And it would be also good to get Ben on but to, to tell us what it was like, how it went on the day. Brilliant. Yeah. We will do that. All a, right. But a really wonderful initiation uh, initiative. <laughs> it is. 9.37, you're listening to Radio Marinara here on 3RRR. Now, earlier in today's program, in fact, only a few minutes ago, really, we spoke with <laughs> Ocean Film Festival director Jemima Robinson about the lineup of films this year for the Ocean Film Festival. One of the featured short films is I Am Ocean, a beautiful offering by filmmaker Sam Riley about Melbourne mermaid and longtime friend of Marinara, P.T. Hirschfield. The film features nine minutes of spectacular footage from some of Melbourne's most beloved diving spots and, more importantly, how the ocean became a literal life-saving game-changer for PT. To tell us about I Am Ocean, it's with great pleasure that we now cross to the New South Wales mid-north coast on the phone to welcome PT Hirschfield. Good morning, PT. Good morning. And uh, to the US, I believe, West Coast filmmaker Sam Riley. Good morning, Sam. How's it going? Yeah, fantastic. Did I get it right? Are you on the West Coast? Oh. Yeah, that's correct. I'm in Seattle at the moment. Ah, okay, fantastic. Um, we tried to get you both on Skype. We've, we're, we're mixing the phone and Skype mediums. It seems to be working, so we will push on. Um, P. 
PT, let's start with you. Um, I've mentioned earlier in the program, you've been a friend of Marinara for a very long time and we've really loved having that association with you. We met several years ago when you'd been diving for a while but suddenly found yourself in the middle of a campaign to draw attention to the plight of banjo sharks in Port Phillip Bay. Um, can you tell us sort of, can you sort of go back to that time? Because this, this time in your life really sort of features in I Emotion. Yeah, so even going back a little bit further than that, some people who have travelled with me through Pink Tank Scuba would know that I had my first cancer diagnosis in 2010 and then a recurrence in 2013, recurrence in 2014 and was given one to two years to live and did palliative radiotherapy. And the ocean was just really my motivation for getting myself well. And then fast forward to 2017 and I found myself involved in this campaign to bring in better conditions for these stingrays in Port Phillip Bay. And that's how I met Sam. And for me, it just it gave me such a sense of purpose and meaning to life and for me, sitting in a corner and waiting to die just wasn't an option. There was too much that I could do um, to try to make a positive difference in this area. When you were first diagnosed, PT, did you had you already learned to dive? Was it was it already part of your life? Yeah, I had just done my open water scuba diving training in 2010, and as soon as I got back, I realised how incredibly sick I was, and I was diagnosed shortly after that. So I had done very little diving after the first diagnosis, and when I was told that I was basically incurable in 2014, I'd only done about 261 dives. So um, the, the desire to get back in the water was a huge motivation. It's amazing you say only 261 I thought you were going to say hours, but it will even hours, yeah. 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 It's huge. <laughs> it's Dr. Beach here, PT. Lovely to have you. Um, so. So you say only 261 hours, and I've sort of been following you over the years um, through Pink Tank Scuba. Where are you at now, PT? Yeah, so since my um, incurable prognosis, I've done over 1,200 dives, and at the moment my logbook sits at 1,530 exactly. 1,530, and, and you log every single one still, don't you? I absolutely do. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, Sam... PT just mentioned how you two met and it was through Project Banjo. Can you talk us through sort of that time when you first met PT? Yeah, so at the time, I, I believe it was 2017, I uh, had just started working as a scuba instructor down on the Mornington Peninsula and I had just moved down there. And at the time, I was interested in seeing all the stuff, all the life that's down there and everything was kind of new for me. And PT, I was I had seen on her Pink Tank, Pink Tank Scuba page that she was frequently posting photos of uh, a specific type of fish that I really wanted to see. And so I reached out to her and pretty much from the moment I met her, I was super inspired. And I remember at the time telling some people that were close to me that if I ever were to make a film, I would like to make it about PT. And uh, yeah, and four years later, I had the opportunity and I reached out to her and, and that's how it kind of all got started. And this is your first film. You've never made a film before. Yeah, that's right. So I had applied for a master's program in New Zealand and the plan was to, to go and attend that school, but I couldn't get there because of COVID. And so I didn't really want to wait. So I decided to, to sort of make a pitch to a nonprofit organization called Ocean Media Institute 
uh, for my idea about making a film with PT, and they they liked the idea and helped support it, and um, so it was a great opportunity and. Yeah, and it worked out really well. It sure did, Sam. I was lucky enough to see a preview of it this morning, um, and it is just a, a beautiful evocation of, of our local waters here, and also the, the yeah the animals in there, and 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 PT story as well. So, congratulations. Um, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you heard the interview that we just did with Jemima Robinson about the Ocean Film Festival, but they, and I'm not even sure if you're aware of this, but they receive hundreds of submissions every year for this festival. And, I mean, it, it, it has its place with all due credit because it really is an extraordinarily beautiful nine minutes mm. of, of documentary. Um, but Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty impressive, Sam, given that this is your first film and, you know, hundreds oh, of films you. kind of got knocked back. So, uh, yeah, it, it is. It's lovely. It, did it uh, achieve what you wanted it to achieve? Yeah, absolutely. My my goal was really just to tell PT's story. PT was so inspirational to me and the project that she was running with the Raise Awareness campaign that was so successful. And it was really the first time that I had seen a small scale local conservation projects um, have such immense success. And for me working as a dive instructor, because I was out there every day, I was able to see the progress that was being made um, and the reduction in is being killed. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no, you're good. Um, any any other films uh, in, in the pipeline for you? Yeah, I'm actually just finishing up uh, a, a film at the moment um, about swimming or photographing aquatic reptiles up in the Northern Territory. Oh, wow. Well, hang on. I've got to, you've got to tell us more about that. I'm not going to let you go now. <laughs> How are you doing that from Seattle? Uh, how did I end up in Seattle? No, no. How are you doing that from that Seattle? Oh, no. So I w I've already done all of the filming yeah right and i uh i just came back to seattle and uh, to finish up with the editing process but i was doing the project i was filming through june july and august and well, i've been working on the editing since then oh we're looking forward to to seeing the result of that if i emotion is anything to go by and i'm sure it is um pt back to you i mentioned you're on the new south wales mid coast at the moment um are you oh i'm a dumb question of course you're diving uh <laughs> tell tell us about the diving on the on the mid coast just while we've got you here well, there's not a lot of diving right at this point with all of those massive waves and, oh, um, you know, weather events that have been keeping me out of the water, unfortunately. But um, the thing I love about diving up here particularly is around Bass Point where you get straight in um, at Bush Rangers Bay at about four to six metres of water. You might have eight or ten grey nurse sharks come up and say hello and then you can go straight down to 20 metres and it's, it's just beautiful diving. It's very different to Victoria's Piers, but it's definitely adding a bit of variety into my annual dive menu. Well, look, thank you. And thanks again to both of you, um, Sam. In Seattle, I'm so glad we managed to catch you because we know the Wi-Fi was slightly dodgy where you are, so it's obviously held out, which is 
terrific. And thanks, PT. Always a pleasure to speak with you both. And uh, again, just to really promote I Am Ocean, it's screening as part of the Ocean Film Festival. Um, we've put a link to that on our Facebook page. If you want to see the trailer that Dr. Beach just mentioned, um, you can easily access that through our entry for today's program. Just click on the, the photo of you, PT, with a weedy sea dragon, and that'll take you straight through to the trailer that you can have a look at. So congratulations to you both again, and it is just a beautiful piece. And uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Great. Great being on. Yeah, great to have you with us. All right, speak soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye. <laughs> PT Hirschfield and Sam Riley there. I Emotion, amazing. His first film, it's wonderful. Yeah. And, yeah, really lovely to hear PT's story again, and it's it's truly inspirational. It really is. Estamos escuchando Radio Marinada en tres triple R. Indeed, that is where you are here at Triple R 102.7. Radio Marinara is the name of this program. Now, today's Radio Marinara has been all about where the art meets the where art meets the sea. And so what better way to cap off today's show by putting on the macro lens and taking a good close look at the 2022 Lawn Sculpture Biennale Spirit of Place Festival. The Biennale runs across the next four weekends, including this one, and is centred around sculpture, but featuring performances, music, circus acts, workshops, spoken word presentations and projections. It began yesterday with many, if not most, featured artists drawing their inspiration from the sea. To tell us all about it, it's with great pleasure. We welcome back to Radio Marinara, although it has been quite some time, contributing artist Simon Buttonshaw. Good morning, Simon. Good morning. Welcome back to Radio Marinara. Thank you. It's been it's been quite some time. I don't know if you remember since we last spoke with you at the Talking Bowls Club along with Brian Singer. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> it was quite some time ago. I reckon at least 15 that, years. That, that, that's embarrassing. Sorry? That's embarrassing. That <laughs> is quite a long time. It is. Um, let's get into a general question to start with. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the Biennale in general, uh, how long it's been running, its origins, what it's all about? Um, in, a, in a broad sense, it's, it's been going for quite some time now. Uh it's evolved over that time and I think has consolidated its place in the cultural landscape of the coast. Um, this year, it's got a unique perspective in that um, it invites the artist to respond to the place itself and not just bring pre-existing work and put it on site. Uh, I, I think that's quite a unique development and I, th I think it brings a, a wonderful perspective to this year's work because you get to share in um, 16 very unique viewpoints on, on the, the bay that makes the, the um, lawn itself and as you walk around through all the different precincts each artist has responded in an extremely um, individual and unique way to uh, that environment and and i think in this day and age it, it helps deepen people's sense of um place and sense of relationship with uh not just the coast but the place in you know in a bigger sense too um and obviously it's free it's an open public event you don't have to ticket or anything you can just come along and, and walk the bay and and take in each each artist's work and i think 
when I did it personally, what it did for me was um, it also made me uh, uh, review and and uh, feel my own response anew each time. Each time I came across a different uh, body of work, that 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 would be given a different perspective, and it's a very um, deep and enriching um, contribution to the culture. Um, I think that's probably enough. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it is a deep and enriching contribution to the culture, Simon. It's Dr. Beach here. Um, not only the beautiful sculptures on the beach and then the, the background sound of the waves and the, the silver gulls, other things, but I notice on the program we even have piano on the beach Saturday evening. We have all sorts of um, layered cultural interplays with, with the place. And um, there, there's music, there's spoken word, there's, as you said, piano literally on the beach, um, which, of course, uh, you've got to ponder for a minute exactly how well the piano is going to travel <laughs> because it will be on the shoreline itself. So um, there's some risk involved, but I guess that's what, what it's all about, really, isn't it? Taking things and putting them in a context that you'd never encounter normally. What's, uh, what's your contribution this year, Simon? Um, well, as I said before, there's 16 precincts. I, I'm on the point at Lawn, which is um, where uh, everybody surfs. Um, that would probably be the simplest way to describe it. It's at the end of the bay where the bay turns and heads out towards the pier, and you, you, you then encounter... Uh, up up till that point, it's pretty much all sand, but at that point you encounter the point itself, the rocks, and all the geological formation of, of um, essentially the, the Otway Ranges. Um, and embedded in all of that is, is a very ancient history that goes way back past any human presence um, to the very sundering of Gondwana, even, um, so I've been given a very beautiful spot to work and uh, I've been working with an artist named Philomena Manifold who uh, wrote a wonderful book on the geology of the Otways called Written in Stone and not only her artistic sensibility but also her geological um, encyclopedic knowledge played a huge part in the way the, the work evolved. So what we've done is we lay canvas over the rocks, um, a fairly large piece of canvas, and from that point on, you, you're working in a way that's quite unusual for um, what we would normally think of as landscape. You're down very close to the ground. Uh, you're not standing on your hind legs looking out, you know, like we normally would with a... Uh, when we when we look at the landscape, you're 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 very close to it. You physically, you're only your arms length away, and not only that, you can't see what you're working with. You can only see the canvas. You, you've got to feel it, and that that's probably the essence of the process is um, to feel what's beneath, what you can't see, but. Uh, as soon as you start feeling, you, you, you experience it in, in a much... It almost 
short circuits, jumps around your normal cognitive process and goes into a very deep unconscious place where you feel um, much more uh, deeply than you normally would. And the marks are made in response to that and then we called it mapping memory and that's because when you lift the canvas up off the rock. Nothing's taken. The rock's not damaged. There's nothing at all removed from the landscape. But you've got this wonderful record of that encounter. And that encounter is a very intimate one. And when the three of us, Lawn Point, Min and myself, was, are down there working um, like that, it's it's really a, a three-way collaboration because the point contributes just as much as either of us, in wow. fact, more. I think you've captured what really Spirit of Place is all about and, uh, yeah, it sounds like an amazing thing to go and witness and, and be part of, Dr Beach. It, it was reminding me of the conversation we had just before with, with PT Hirschfield, Simon, um, who spends a lot of time under the water and, and you are, of course, above the water at the point um, with this, but also it's... Yeah, very much the feeling that people have when they are under the water as well. A couple of other things uh, I wanted to mention quickly, Simon, because we're about to run out of time. One is um, the longtime friend of Marinara, Mick Sowery, is going to be speaking about his new book tomorrow night and doing some readings from it, I believe, um, at the Lawn Bowls Club. Don't believe a word, Mick says. <laughs> <laughs> we never do either. <laughs> so that's... Um, that you can, no, he's, you can, he's a... He's a good friend. I love Mick very much. Yeah, we do too. So that's tomorrow um, from 6 till 9 at uh, the Lawn Peter 12. Uh, school band's playing as well. That's at the Lawn Bowls Club. and um, oh, and also wonderful. Yeah, and I believe also Spectrum is going to be playing with Mike Rudd. They're no, playing it's, tonight. It's, no, it's no. Merceps. <laughs> really? <laughs> that's what I read. <laughs> Now it's getting really scary. That's <laughs> Excellent. Um, if you've just tuned in, we're speaking with Simon Buttonshaw about Spirit of Place. It is the Lawn Biennale, uh, which kicked off a couple of days ago, runs until 3rd of April. And uh, we've already put a link to that on our Facebook page. You can go and check out the program of work happening and, and performances and everything happening over the next few weeks. Simon, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and um, good luck with the Biennale. Thank you very much. We'll catch you again. Hopefully not leave Bye-bye. it. Bye-bye. We won't leave it. Yeah, maybe not 15 years. <laughs> Excellent. Um, thank you so much. Simon Biennale there. Uh, Simon Biennale. Simon, Simon Buttonshaw. Um, and uh, thank you also to P.T. Hirschfield, Sam Riley, Ben Cleveland and Jemima Robinson. It's been a massive show today. Thank you, Dr. Beach. And thank you, Dr. Burton. And thank you to Nerida for panelling. Indeed. Stay tuned for Radiotherapy uh, along with panel beater Nick and Miss Diagnosis. Kate will be on the show next week along with Neil Blake, Prue Francis with some ocean literacy, Jeff Maynard, maybe Rob back from uh, Noosa with uh, Spike going dog surfing. We'll tell you all about that next weekend. Have a great Sunday. We'll catch you next week. Bye for now. Hi, this is Bron Burton. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Radio Marinara, a weekly radio show exploring all things wet and salty, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Radio Marinara's Facebook page.